Welcome to episode 7 of the Selly Sports Podcast. We've been away for a little bit, so a belated Happy New Year is definitely due right now. Uh, I've got Anthony here with me, and we're going to jump into episode 7. Anthony, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, so I just say sorry to everybody. I was out here moving to Texas for the last couple of weeks. I was getting my car uh, worked on, making sure I could make the... Uh, thousand mile trip but we're back we're ready for uh 2022 we've been away uh we have a lot of news to cover but we're gonna keep this episode mostly uh football centric there's a lot of stuff going on in football right now um and then next week we'll probably just talk about some nfl playoffs and then we'll catch up on some other uh sports news that's going on um but to get right in the first thing that we haven't been able to talk about it happened a few weeks ago um but John Madden, unfortunately, uh, passed away on December 28th. Uh, of course, well-known as a commentator and coach in the NFL, and he also revolutionized the uh, gaming industry, of course, with the Madden games that we all uh, know and love to this day. So we just wanted to say a big uh, rest in peace to John Madden, a true legend of the, uh, of the football game. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Really sad to hear about his passing, but, I mean, the dude was a legend and had such an impact on sports and gaming and just football as a whole. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to do it like him ever again. Uh, What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, he was just, um, as a coach, there probably have been coaches that have passed him, but in terms of achievements and stuff, but he he revolutionized the game that way. Um, And then he went into announcing and he became one of the most well-known voices uh, on the TVs that we all watched growing up. Um, you know, you always knew when you were watching a game that he was commentating over. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then he also pushed for video games, and we all grew up. I know I had a Super Nintendo, and I had Madden 94 back when it was just like the little, um, they were like almost like little stick people, just like helmets and like feet running around on the field. Um, so to see how far that game has come and how much he's revolutionized the gaming industry, that not a lot of people believed in uh, is absolutely incredible. So big thanks to, to John Madden for everything he did. Absolutely. In that same vein, my first video game that I ever got was Madden 2002 on my GameCube that I still play to this day. And as a Patriots fan, it's almost funny when I play them. It's not even Tom Brady as the quarterback at that point. It's still, uh, it's still Bledsoe. And that is like the trippiest thing ever to me is going back and playing that game. But yeah, he was definitely the GOAT, so rest in peace. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to some more current news. So obviously by now you guys probably know who did make the NFL playoffs. We're not going to run down um, the full list of teams. Um, I am currently watching the Chiefs-Steelers game as we are recording this, so we won't have an update on that until next week, and we won't have an update on the Rams-Cardinals game uh, until next week either. But as of the other playoff games that have happened, we can totally talk about uh, those. And the first one we are going to start off with that I know Adi is super excited to talk about is the uh, the Patriots game yesterday. How did that go for you? Listen, man, that one really – that one hurt in the heart a little bit. I really believed in Mac Jones. I, okay, l- no, let me re- rephrase. I still believe in Mac Jones, but I believed in Mac Jones yesterday – to bring us a game further in the playoffs than uh, where we made it to yesterday. I will say, though, uh, 
in terms of just comparing him to other rookie quarterbacks this year, I mean, he outperformed probably all of them by leaps and bounds. So I'm really excited to see what next year and the year after that brings once uh, hopefully Belichick and the rest of the coaching staff kind of build a a little bit uh, more solid of a receiver core around him uh, next year and in years to come. I think they're going to be definitely a team to beat in the future, so it'll be cool to watch that. But yeah, definitely, definitely hurt my heart watching the Bills just destroy the Pats last night. That was not what I expected nor what I wanted to see. Uh, so here's to next year, hopefully being a little bit better than that. Yeah, it was uh, tough as a Dolphins fan. Uh, I was hoping that they would both tie and somehow both get eliminated. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones, he's a rookie. He's going to be just fine. Um, I'm more concerned about a top five defense in NFL getting 47 points dropped on them. Uh I mean, I know it was a road game. It was cold, um, but you know, you're New England. You play in the cold. You're from up there. I, I don't understand why the defense all of a sudden fell apart the way it did yesterday. But congrats to Josh Allen and the Bills. I mean, they played an absolutely perfect game. Uh, I still don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but um, that's to be decided. But yeah, congrats to the Bills. I still hate them. I still hate the Patriots. Uh, we move on. I'll be cheering against whoever the Bills play next week. Dang. I will say, though, in defense of the defense, I did not mean to say that on purpose. Wow. Um, In defense of the defense, though, I will say they did have some pretty key players out, so that is definitely where kind of that breakdown probably kind of happened. But, yeah. Anyways, moving on. The Bengals win their first playoff game since text messaging was invented. Thank you, Anthony, for that fun fact. I did not even put two and two together on that one. Yeah, there was a big um, – it, it went around a couple of years ago. It was like a Facebook meme. It was like one of those things like a mom would share if her husband was like a football fan. But it was like, oh, the first text message ever sent was like 1992, and the first time the Bengals ever won a playoff game was 1991, or the last time the Bengals had ever won a playoff game was 1991. So nobody had ever texted about the Bengals winning a playoff game. Uh, but they went out yesterday, uh, beat the Raiders, another young quarterback, not quite a rookie, although it sure feels like it since he got injured his rookie year. But uh, Joe Burrow, he's going to be an absolute beast of the game for years to come. I, you know, to be talking about Tom Brady being the GOAT, I don't see anybody quite catching him anytime soon. But Joe Burrow is going to have his fair share of records and championships by the time he retires because that dude is good at football for sure. Absolutely. Could not agree more. I mean, he's a beast not to mention the all the memes of him smoking cigars after wins are just too funny in my opinion uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that from him and I think the Bengals are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFL for as long as they've got Joe Burrow on their team yeah they're it, it's turning around up there in Cincinnati so good for them their fans deserve it they don't have a lot of good sports teams but it looks like the Bengals Finally hit the nail on the head with some draft picks and, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So they, they should be fine for years and years to come. Um, but we'll move on to a game that I assume made you a little bit happier being the Tom Brady fanboy that you are. But Tom Brady went out there and absolutely destroyed the Eagles today. Even though they only won by 16, that game was over pretty much at halftime. Yeah, no, that was a fun game to watch, mostly because Tom Brady just did his thing. Uh, Gronk did his thing. 
Uh, Mike Evans did his thing. Everybody was just killing it. Uh, overall, really fun game to watch. Definitely did make me happy. Brought a little smile to my face. Uh, me and my dad were joking that like after the Patriots kind of get out of the postseason race, <laughs> we turn into Bucks fans just because Brady's down there now. So and he likes to call him the Patriots of the South, since they stole our two players. So yeah, I mean, I used to hate Tom Brady just like I used to hate Nick Saban. Uh, but when you watch guys just dominate the game and just basically do what they want for years, it gets fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Tom Brady down there when he's not playing against my team twice a year. Um, yeah, it's fun to watch. You know, I'm not saying I'm cheering for the Bucks to uh, to win it all, but I, they're fun to watch. And I did. I was cheering for him today. It was it was a good game from Tom Brady and that entire Buccaneers team. Definitely, and I can confidently say I am cheering them on all the way to the Super Bowl. I hope they win that again. That'll be really fun to watch. Uh, Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes being a Texas Tech fanboy that I have to be now, but we'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. And uh, last thing for our NFL playoff kind of rundown here, the Cowboys, they literally minutes ago, uh, before we got on this podcast, lost in a really weird way to the 49ers in kind of a baffling play call that kind of just ended the game very abruptly and weirdly. The ref literally got in the way of Dak Prescott throwing like a final pass with like four seconds left on the clock. I, I don't know. Like, obviously it's like it was fine for them to end the game like on that note. Like the refs called it and everything, but it just felt very weird to me. What did you think about that, dude? Yeah, so firstly, I'll say, if you guys don't watch the game on Nickelodeon, next year when the wildcard weekend rolls around, they have one game every year that's on Nickelodeon. It is absolutely the most incredible broadcast you will ever see. They have, like, kid reporters. They have kid, uh, like, interviewers. When teams score, like, touchdowns and field goals, they, like, put graphics of, like, slime. It's it's so much better than watching the NFL on, like, NBC or whatever, Fox, whatever has the rights. Um, but yeah, so that game, um, the 49ers dominated that entire game um, and then kind of fell apart. They started doing uh, having some dumb penalties, not that the Cowboys didn't. The Cowboys, I, I want to say, had 11 or 13 penalties by the time the game ended. Um, but yeah, it comes down to the end of the game. Uh, the Cowboys are moving the ball. The, the 49ers are kind of just letting them get big chunks of yardage, as you do playing defense. And then... The second-to-last play, or what was supposed to be the second-to-last play, the Cowboys called a quarterback draw. Dak Prescott runs it up the middle, runs for, like, 20 yards, slides down, gets tackled. The clock doesn't stop, obviously, for the first down like it does in college. It just keeps running. Um, And the Cowboys get lined up, and I think the rule is that the referees have to, like, officially touch the ball to, like, spot it. So the referee comes, like barging in right behind the center and like runs into Dak Prescott almost knocks him over uh he almost knocks the center over as well the, and then the ref like reaches down to like spot the ball officially even though he like barely even moved it uh and and it wasted like two or three seconds and in those two or three seconds the clock literally hit zero and the Cowboys didn't have enough time to spike the ball and they lost the game it was as a Cowboy hater, it was great to see. I love it. I love seeing Cowboy fans in pain. Um, but I was just like, uh, what? 
Because, like, first you have the bad play call, the, the quarterback draw. I don't know why you're running that with the clock running down. And then secondly, the ref, like, runs into the quarterback trying to, like, spot the ball and waste, like, three or four seconds so they can't spike it. It was just honestly one of the most incredible endings to a playoff game I think I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was definitely just a bizarre way for the, for the game to end. Like, not what I was expecting. Like, I, for someone that had no stake in the game, my stress, my stress levels watching this game were through the roof because I was like, what the heck just happened? Like, it was just so weird to watch. I honestly, like, Anthony and I were texting each other and we were both just like, what did we just witness? Because, like, it almost didn't make sense. But I guess now kind of knowing the rules that the official has to touch or spot the ball or whatever, it does make a little bit more sense, but still, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I will say I think the Cowboys got the short end of the stick because I, I was just even though the ref has to touch the ball, I'm not quite sure what he was doing. He just, you know, running into everybody. <laughs> uh, he could have done that a lot better. Um, so I will say I think the Cowboys got the short end of the stick, uh, but the chances of them scoring on the next play are – very small, although I guess that's what they say. You gotta, you know, we don't play the games on paper. That's why we play the games. But I don't know, man. That was just a funny way for that to end. Um, so, congrats to the uh, to the 49ers, I guess. They definitely aren't going to the Super Bowl. I can tell you that. They are awful. <laughs> but, yeah, that was good for them. Good for them. Thank you for eliminating the Cowboys so I don't have to hear Cowboys fans uh, be happy on Twitter. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to some more NFL news. This is a couple weeks old already, but uh, since we have not been around on the pod, we figured we'd cover it today. Um, as you guys know, Antonio Brown was released from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Clearly, as we saw today, they don't really even need him. But uh, let's break down kind of that situation a little bit. Anthony, you want to start off with that? Uh, yeah, so uh, it was the last weekend of the season. Uh, the Buccaneers were playing the New York Jets, and video surfaces of Antonio Brown. He, like, takes his shoulder pads off on the sideline, throws it into the stands. He's, like, thrown his jersey, thrown his, like, un- he took his undershirt off as well. Like, this dude's shirtless on the field in New York in December. It's freezing. Um, and he starts just walking toward the the locker room he walks through the end zone like while the teams are on the field he's like waving to Jets fans hyping them up like waving goodbye and then just walks down the tunnel and the next day um their coach was just like yeah we released him he's not on the team anymore we don't really know what that was um as far as what happened that's what happened as far as why it happened um I'll let Adi expand a little bit there's a couple routes that people have take uh have taken either trying to you know defend him or say that he needs help but I'll let Adi expand on that just a little bit yeah I mean overall just a super weird situation I've heard somewhere that he was trying to leave the stadium after and like by calling an uber and like the ubers wouldn't pick him up because they had seen what had happened I guess he was just like stuck in the stadium and the bucks wouldn't let him travel with them either Overall, just such a weird situation. Like, apparently he got, like, a uh, a police escort back to, like, the airport or something and then left off to wherever he went to. But, man, just such a weird situation. Anyways, kind of the two big, like, stories that have kind of come out since then have been 
one, that Antonio Brown is claiming that he is injured and he was trying to sit out the game and Bruce Arians was making him go back into the game. Before we jumped on the podcast, even Anthony and I were talking about how just illogical that that would be. Um, because first of all, like Bruce Arians wouldn't be the end-all be-all decision on, on if he would sit or play. It would be team medical staff. Like sure, Arians would have some stay, say in it. But if he needed to sit out, like, he definitely would have been sitting out. Not to mention, like, he would want a healthy Antonio Brown going into uh, the playoff season, whereas in a regular season game that you didn't necessarily need to win to make the playoffs, like, yeah, you would bench him to keep him healthy for the future if he really indeed was injured. So that, to me, just kind of seems like a little bit of a of excuses to try to get back in the good graces of some potential NFL teams that might look to take him on in the future. But I, I personally think he's a little bit done for. Um, it's sad because he's an incredibly talented player, but I think that there's some kind of mental health issues here at play that definitely need to be addressed with him because, I mean, he's done something outrageous at almost every team he's played for that have been grounds to drop him and dismiss him from playing for the team any further and uh with a player at that kind of talent level at that caliber it's just sad to see I mean with any player at any talent talent level it's sad to see them kind of go through something like that that is so greatly affecting their their ability to play and to just live life regularly in the first place but man like it it's just it's so confusing honestly I mean Anthony I don't know if you have anything else to say about it uh, yeah, for me personally, right now, um, I take the the stance that he is just immature and a child, and that is only because mental health is a very serious thing. It is something that should be taken seriously, and it should be taken seriously on both sides of the coin. If you are having mental health issues, you need some help. But we also, you know, I, I saw countless, countless reporters after the game just be like, hey, this could be a mental health thing. And it's just, you can't put that on somebody being like they have a mental health issue because you have no idea what they're going through. This dude is an incredibly talented football player who makes millions upon millions of dollars every single year. Um, and so, yeah, that nothing has come out saying he has mental health issues. Um, I hope that he doesn't. And I hope that he is learning to mature. Um, but right now, from everything that we know, I'm just going to take the stance that he is immature and he he made a fool of himself. But if things come to light later, um, either after he officially retires or whenever that other things pop up, then we'll talk about it again then, I'm sure. But it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened i hate it for him i hate it for uh the buccaneers that they had to deal with that distraction right before playoffs started even though it didn't seem to phase them i hate it for um his family and his kids that you know they see their their dad or their their spouse walk off the field like that and in the fashion that he did and they're not really sure what's going on um unless he told them beforehand i couldn't imagine why he would do that though so, yeah, I just I take the stance that he's immature. He's still a little childish. Um, and I hope I'm right because I don't wish mental health on anybody. But I guess we'll see in the future what, what comes of it.
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be developments with that story. I mean, that was huge news when it happened, still being talked about now, obviously. So we'll keep you guys posted if anything else kind of comes up with that. But for now, I mean, we kind of both said our kind of thoughts on it. So in other college football news, the season is now over. As we know, uh, Georgia finally beats Alabama and Kirby Smart gets his win over Nick Saban once and for all. Uh, Anthony, you got anything else to say about that? Um, so graduating from UF, um, I was one of the very few people in the entire country cheering for Alabama to win this game. Um, congrats to Georgia, though. They absolutely deserved it. Um, they played better. They fixed all of the issues that they had um, in the SEC title game against Alabama. But I want to bring up, one other thing that I kind of wish would change about college football, and it is the Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young was absolutely 100% the right person to give it to when that ceremony took place in early December. However, the Heisman Trophy should be given to the best player, not only on the best team, but the best player after every game has been played. And let me tell you, Bryce Young would be the first one to tell you this, but he played like absolute trash against Georgia. Um, it was by far his worst game as an Alabama player. Uh, it was awful. He threw, what, two interceptions? He threw that late pick six. Um, and Nick Saban, of course, stood up for him after the game. Props to Nick Saban for standing up for his players. He absolutely deserved to do that. But, dude, yeah, that was uh, – I don't think that Bryce Young would still be the Heisman Trophy winner had that the ceremony taken place after the national championship game. Oh, yeah, I – Without a doubt, agree with you on that one. He played horribly that game. With that said, I don't think Stetson Bennett necessarily takes it home either. But, I mean, (laughs) what a story, though, on his end of just, like, going from playing Juco to, like, having a dream of being, like, the the quarterback for Georgia, making it there, and then winning a national championship with them finally. I mean, that was just just a cool story, like, either way. But, yeah. Yeah, and I want to make that very clear as well because I hate Georgia as a team. You know, we have a rivalry. I hate Florida State, but I don't hate the individual people. Stetson Bennett's story was absolutely incredible. Stetson Bennett is a great person. You always hate the team. You don't want to see the team win, but the players, dude, they're great people. And Stetson Bennett is just another just, it's just another reason why we love sports and why I in particular love college football is because stuff like that happens, and it was – while it sucked to see Georgia win, it was absolutely amazing to see Setson Bennett with the emotions that he had crying on the sideline and just showing you what it really is all about. Yeah, that was a really, really awesome moment. Could not agree more. Um, but yeah, okay, so we're going to step into one little non-piece of football news, and it is only because I have to talk about this as a now Texas Tech student. Texas Tech basketball, um, they lost yesterday, but before that they had probably the best – two, three-game stretch that any team is going to have in the season this year. Texas Tech, uh, last Saturday, uh, beat number six Kansas at home. Uh, I was at that game. I moved to Texas two days later, bought tickets to that game. I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going. Absolutely incredible environment. Um, And then Tuesday rolls around, and they're playing number one Baylor on the road. And I'm like, there's, you know, everyone's like, yeah, Baylor's got this. They're the best team in the country. They're still undefeated. Texas Tech goes down 15 early. I almost turned the game off. I'm like, yeah, this is going about how I expected it to, but hey, we're playing the number one team. You know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. 
Texas Tech comes back, wins that game by three. And let me tell you, I've I don't think I've ever screamed so loud as I screamed on Tuesday night when that when uh, Baylor missed that shot at the buzzer to tie it. Absolutely incredible from Texas Tech. And as a Texas Tech student, I couldn't imagine my first week on campus going any better. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's better than I can say for my college basketball team right now. So definitely stoked that you're having a good experience over there right now. I mean, hey, the Gators are sucking as well. But, you know, we, we don't go there right now. If Tech and Florida met in the natty this year, which I don't even think Florida will make the tournament, uh, I might cheer for Tech just for this one year. Man, that's a big statement coming from you. Love to see that. I'd rather you cheer for Texas Tech than freaking UF. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess we would be. <laughs> All right, we've got one one last little bit of of football news. This is talking about bowl season. Now you have gone through the liberty of um, basically writing like what four four little paragraphs here five about what yep. you think of bowl season. So I'm going to let you uh, basically say what you think, and then I'm going to talk about what I think, because I think we both have some hot takes here about bowl season. All right, I've kind of got, like, I see both sides, and I almost don't know where I fall on both of the sides. So um, I'll just get into it. So, I mean, even in the national title game, we saw uh, – what was it? Jameson Williams get real badly hurt. Um, still tearing his ACL. Yeah. yeah, in the game. Um, and I mean, granted, the national title game has a lot more at stake than, let's say, a, a year run of the mill bowl game. But I mean, bowl games essentially are meaningless games. They're for bragging rights, if that, honestly, and. I mean, what was it like when it was bowl game season going on and Kirk Herbstreet made that comment about players that don't like that uh, opt out of bowl games, don't care about football. And like he kind of classified the players that opt out as selfish or not caring about their teams. And like I was saying, I feel like I kind of see both sides of the argument kind of kind of pretty well just because when you kind of look at it you see players like Jamison William or the the uh Mississippi quarterback Matt Coral who was on crutches in the Superdome uh after the Sugar Bowl and like he could have sat out he probably has a high draft status uh in uh the NFL draft but he wanted to play still got injured and we still don't really know the extent of his injuries hopefully it's nothing too bad but it's tough to watch these players kind of put their future NFL careers on the line for meaningless bowl games. Um, and I get why they would opt out, but at the same time, on the other side, it's like I feel like when you're that top player for your team and you're like expected to play in these games to bring home those titles, um, you have that pressure of like letting down your school, letting down your team, your coaches, and so on. And so it kind of just turns into this like kind of difficult decision and it's hard to say what the right answer is and I think even outside of that um some people kind of argue that while these big big name players are kind of beginning to get paid through NIL deals and partnerships that it's still not enough when schools make millions off of these players and the players don't necessarily see that 
in return for playing for this school, but they will when they go to the NFL, but they risk their chances of reaching those big-time contracts by playing in these bowl games and getting injured like we've seen with a couple of these players. And in su- in in some ways, though, I don't fully agree with that take just because, yeah, like NIL is a step in the right direction, but when you look at the amenities and the resources that a lot of these student-athletes receive as a result of being on their school's football teams, they don't a lot of them don't pay for tuition. Many of them get free or considerably reduced housing. A lot of their meals get paid for through the program. They get a ton of free gear and clothes and so on. And the vast majority of college students don't get or have access to things like that. Um, and yes, these students in particular provide service for the school, but the things that they get in return are also things that normal students don't get. So I don't think it's fully fair to say that they're being exploited, but I get where that kind of argument comes from. It's just such a conflicting like topic for me because there's so many different ways you can kind of go with it. And I don't know, my thought process is like in four different places at once when I think about this. So Anthony, I'm kind of curious what you have to say. Yeah, for me, and I'm going to try to take this in a way that makes sense. For me, this is pretty cut and dry. And I will start it out by saying, if you are one of the people that is that think that these players get scholarships so they shouldn't get paid, you are 100% incorrect. And I'm not usually the type that's like, your opinion's wrong. On this, your opinion is wrong. Football and basketball and occasionally baseball players are about the only ones that ever have a chance of getting a full scholarship. If you play for the soccer team, you play for the women's soccer team, you play for the women's basketball team, a lot of the women's sports or a lot of like swimming and diving, you're not getting a full ride scholarship. And even if you did get a full ride scholarship, those football players that are getting that full ride scholarship, the amount of money that you know that's worth by the time they graduate is maybe 100k, maybe 150k if you're lucky. Uh, and these, the football programs and basketball programs especially bring in millions and millions of dollars. So if you don't think players should be getting paid, you're wrong. However, there are people that like to bring up the argument that these schools make millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and so they should pay the players. That is also false. Schools, or these players are um, amateur athletes. They are not allowed to be on a paycheck. They are not allowed to like make money from the school. That's what NIL is. It allows them to make money off of them being famous, essentially. Um, and there is no limit, as far as I'm concerned, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no limit on what they can make. It is all based on what NIL, you know, what companies around the school are offering. Bryce Young made a million dollars. So there's no limit on that. Um, and so, and a lot of people don't think NIL is perfect, and it's absolutely not, but it is year one. You know, nobody ever created a program or did anything. You know, the first time we made a podcast, it wasn't perfect. We're still getting better at it. And so this NIL is going to improve over time. It is year one. Let's not get our, you know, panties in a wad. At least we're making taking steps in the right direction to make things the way they should be. As for bowl games, firstly, I am 100% okay with players sitting out, cut and dry, unless you're playing in the playoffs. You are... You know, a lot of these players that are in these big-time bowl games, playing for Ohio State, playing for Michigan, playing for Florida, Florida State, these big schools, they have a chance to, you know, yeah, they're making $500,000 a year off NIL, but they're about to make millions and millions in the NFL more than one year. 
sit out. Don't get hurt. You know, Matt Corral is a perfect example. Um, he should still be fine. He should make a full recovery to play in the NFL. Um, but these dudes have a chance to make so much more money and to secure their future that these meaningless bowl games, who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? Like, I'm a Florida fan. We lost to UCF. We're not even going to remember when next season starts that UCF beat us in a bowl game, except for the UCF fans that are trash-talking us still about a game that happened nine months ago. Nobody cares. The only bowl game that matters is the national championship game. But how do you fix that? You expand the playoffs, and you cut down the amount of bowl games. Uh, sorry, every 6-6 six and six team doesn't need to be playing in a bowl game. Florida should not have been in a bowl game this year. They just shouldn't have been. I'm happy they got the opportunity to play. They messed it up. But every 6-6 six and six team, nobody wants to watch Toledo play Western Michigan in a bowl game. Like, nobody cares, except for the students that go to that school. Sorry. You know, it should be eight or nine wins to make a bowl. You should have the big bowls, like the, the New Year's Six Bowls, some of the, like the Gator Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, stuff like that, the the more well-known bowls. But, like, dude, the, the Hawaii TaxSlayer.com Bowl or whatever, nobody cares. You, all that game is for is to make money and put those players at risk of getting hurt. So if you don't want to play in your team's bowl game, don't play in your team's bowl game. You know, you're going to get a lot of hate from the fans, but don't play in the bowl game. Go, you know, set yourself up for your future. Everyone else that does any job ever, all we look for is how can I set myself up for the future? And that's what these players do um, because that's, you know, that's what we all want. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's very cut and dry for me, and I know it's not for a lot of people, but that's the way I see it. And until things change with playoffs and bowl games and NILs, that is the way I will continue to see it. Love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i still, I agree with, like, 93% of what you've said. I feel like I'm, like, mostly on your side. I just have some things that I, like, personally kind of struggle with in all this, but that's for another day because if I get into that right now, we're going to be on this podcast till way too late in the night. <laughs> I mean, I totally get it. Back in the day, you only had, like, the 10 bowl games. Everybody was playing in them. You know, if I was in a bowl game, I'd play just because I'm always, you know. But then again, I can't, with that mindset, I can't, you know, I don't know what these players, you know, I've never had multi-million dollars deals staring me in the face going to be a professional athlete at the sport that I love to do. I've never had that, like, thought because I've never even been close. So it's just like, I don't know, it's just the way I see it. Um, but, yeah, I know it's a hot topic. And, you know, but if you don't think players should be getting paid at all, I'm sorry, that is just an incorrect, like, no. We're not having that conversation. That I'm 100% with you on. Players should be getting paid, especially uh, women's women's uh, sports players in college should 1,000% be getting paid. Professional women's sports need that to too. That just, too. We're, but, we're, we're, we're taking steps in the right direction, but woo, we're still a ways away from getting there. Absolutely. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up here because we are going to be here till the middle of the night if we keep talking about that topic right now. Uh, catch us next week covering whatever weird things kind of come up in sports over the over the next week. Uh, happy Monday morning. Hope you guys have a great week, and thanks for listening. Bye, guys.